podcast. My name is Anthony. Sitting right across from me, as always via Zoom, is my pal, Quincy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. How you doing, man? I'm good. I just finished I just finished watching episode two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right. Well, so it's fresh in my ever. head. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, all right, let's get to the main event. Uh, what do you think about episode two? I liked it. Um, it wasn't perfect, but I only have really one issue and it's a, it's just a, not even a big deal, but uh, it was good, man. Like it's picking up a lot of action, um, more Captain America than I was expecting. Uh, uh, let's get to one issue. Wait, what was the issue? Um, I don't understand how Bucky wound up in that airport hangar. Was he called? Did, does he still work for, the government I don't, I don't i didn't quite understand because it was just uh all of a sudden boom he's in the hangar talking to uh to sam oh that's probably one of, that's one of those things like it's just a tv show thing to get mm-hmm. the characters together that you're not really supposed to think too much about but uh, I, I don't know because before this i really don't i really couldn't envision sam and bucky hanging out it's like even though they're both uh, Rogers uh, Rogers friends, I don't see any them hanging out. Right. Uh, so uh, it's a story thing that we're just going to gloss over. But <laughs> hold on, let's try this rational. Let's try to think of a rational reason why he would know where Sam was. You got one? I don't. I'm just. Oh, I mean that maybe he just works for the government now. You know, maybe it might be one thing. Like once you're done with your your therapy, this is where your work. Like like you said, you work for the government, so he knows where the building is because it's been shown to him before, mm-hmm. and he knows that's where Sam works. Yeah, like did he know that he was going on a mission? And who? I, mean, I guess if you're if you are the Winter Soldier, you can just force your way onto a mission, and then just like, oh, I'm going. Yeah, who's stopping him? Like honestly. Um, so let's start beginning the episode. But other than that, that was it for me. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's start talking about episode. Begin the episode, learning everything there is to know about John Walker. Um, episode mm-hmm. opens up. With him and his, with him in his high school locker room, looking at the new um, great value Captain America suit. I can't tell you how how lame that suit looks to me. It's got the A on the side, and then it's got it just looks like just mm-hmm. bad. Oh, so we open up that scene with him in the locker room, and then his. Was that his girlfriend? 
wife one of the two all right i don't know but it's definitely a high school sweetheart so let's just say his wife so it was his black wife no they gotta show you that say he's not racist and he's explaining to her how he's nervous taking up the mantle captain america how he has to be everything for everybody he's not sure how to do it and she just reassures him tell him to basically just tell him to do it his way and after she leaves then that's when his black best friend comes in lamar hopkins hoskins sorry lamar hoskins and at the door and once sorry someone's knocking the door my dog is losing his damn mind he's about to end up in a kennel so after that we get the uh the marvel intro with the hbcu uh band playing mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's Good Morning America, and he's getting this interview. We talk about um, him taking up the mantle and the shield for Steve Rogers, and what do you think about his character right now? What's I'm intrigued because uh, the past two episodes, I think you've referred to him as MAGA Captain mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes, and. Captain Black. It's like they're it's like they're it's almost like they're setting us up for this big horrible surprise or something because because he has the black uh significant other, the black best friend, um, the black sidekick. Yeah. So it's like where you know, where are they it's too spot on. Like where are they going with this? You know, he reminds me of um God, do you ever watch Glee? I did not. Okay, so it was a character in Glee, if you watched it, uh, named Rachel, where she's like the perfect singer, the perfect student, everything. And p- other people just hate her because she's perfect and she knows it. That's what he reminds me of. He like, he, the humility he's putting on is so fake. And we're he's he was the only person to get uh three medal of honor was that right yeah which he's the only person that got it none of the uh, none of the avengers got it we, uh, i keep bringing it up but we fucking fought thanos can we get some damn uh medals for that maybe the only not civilian but the only uh armed forces member because the avengers is not part of the armed forces they're just they kind of work outside the scope of the armed forces. Oh, that's right. You didn't get the Medal of Honor. You get the, I think it's the Medal of Freedom for mm-hmm. civilians. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because right. they're, they're technically civilians. Yeah. Yeah. So Cap would probably have the Medal of Honor from World War II, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Which makes another question when does Cap's, when did his uh, military service end? Did it end right after he died? And then he came back and was like, oh, never mind. Probably he was probably declared KIA. So this, yeah, this new Captain America, it's like, it is interesting, you know, uh, is he, you know, is he overcompensating for some, like, 
you know, uh, seething, um, uh, you know, the seething uh, bias or, I don't want to, uh, do, do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, but I'm just going to make it simple. He's just a dick. Okay. Like I said, he's one of those guys who he's good and he knows he's good. And all the humble shit that he's that he spews out is just what you're supposed to say, mm-hmm. even if you don't feel it. Right. And that's that's it, like everything about him just feels uh, corporate. Like there's there's no humanity in him like there was to Steve Rogers as Captain America. Mm-hmm. Because even in interview he's given, he's like, oh, well, when they talk about if he ever met Steve Rogers, he's like, well, I never met him when he came out of the ice. I was at West Point, but you know, I followed his career and I like to think that we were like, we're like, now that we're both Captain America, that we're brothers. And Bucky is watching this and he is seething. Right. Like, how dare you? You don't even know this man. You weren't even, you're not worthy enough to carry his jock strap, but you're out here comparing yourself and calling saying you're a brother to him. Right. Kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. And so Bucky is irate. He's pissed about the whole the pageantry. And and most of all, he's pissed off that Sam gave up the shield. Mm-hmm. And we oh, yeah. To, yeah. We go to Sam and Sam, you know, at this press conference, he looks sick to his stomach he feels betrayed like I gave the shield to the government for them to put up in the museum and then they turn around and give it to this blonde hair blue eye white dude because we see Sam I said last podcast Sam just doesn't think anyone should be Captain America right Like that's it, why he gave up the shield yeah it was Steve Rogers and that was it but the government doesn't see it that way. They see it as a title to move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And so next scene, we see Sam getting ready for his mission and Bucky runs up. Why'd you give up the shield, Sam? Why'd you give up the shield, Sam? <laughs> Steve gave that shield to you and only you. Why'd you give up the shield, Sam? And it sounds like I have a very valid reason. And I gave it up. And I just need you to trust me on that. Yeah. I also have more important things to worry about. There are these these guys, the Flag Smashers. Um, they look a little bit stronger than they're supposed to be, considering they just flattened my man's face in last episode. <laughs> so I'm going to go to, what was it, Hungary? I'm sorry, Munich. Germany. Munich. Yeah, and just see what's going on there. And... <laughs> It's just like, I want to see if it's one of the big three. What big three? Is it aliens, androids, or wizards? The big three. That was yeah, hilarious. The big three. <laughs> and it's like, what What about Dr. Strange? He's a sorcerer. He's a sorcerer. is a wizard without a hat. Yeah, you never <laughs> thought about that, did you? Could ponder that all day, huh? So... Barnes decides to join Sam, no matter what he says. So they hop on the plane, and this is probably like the first time that they've been together since 
what Endgame, and their dynamic is very much yeah we we're friends we both have a mutual friends but that doesn't mean we're cool with each other. Yeah, there's definitely some tension. Like, if I passed away, I wouldn't expect you and like my other friend Teddy to be like best friends all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Like, I don't even expect y'all to even you know stay in communication after my funeral. To be honest with you, but mm-hmm. it, it's very much like for both of them. I, the feeling I get is like I respect you because it, from both sides, it's, I respect you because Steve respect you, but that doesn't mean I have to like you. And so we see Sam jump out of the plane, uh, heading toward this abandoned factory in Munich. And I don't know about you, but I don't really think about this part about Bucky that much. That man is enhanced. He's an enhanced individual. Because he jumps out of that cargo plane. And I think he said there was like 400 feet above ground. And he just... he just jumps out <laughs> arm first, goes through like 50 trees and lands. No broken bones, no bruises, no cuts, anything. Yeah. Like whatever Hydra was given him for those 70 years or so, it may not have been the the super soldier serum, but it was it was pretty close. And of course, we get the um the running gag of uh, Sam saying that Red Ring caught all that on camera, his entire fall, which goes back <laughs> right. to Civil War. And <laughs> again, Bucky's response is, get that out, get that thing out of my face or I'm going to break it. He is not a fan of <laughs> Red Wing at all. <laughs> so we get inside the abandoned factory and Sam's whole plan is to track these guys see where they're going and find their base of operations meanwhile bucky wants to just stop them then right then and there so while bucky's getting ready for, for the fight sam scans outside and he sees there's eight individuals including a, a prisoner inside one of the trucks so as the trucks pull off these two these two guys run up and when I say run up, I mean run up because Bucky was pick, picking them up and putting them down. He was running like a four zero forty. Yeah, it was insane. And like he runs past the, the back truck and to um, get inside the lead truck. And I'm like, do the bad guys not have radios? Because I feel like if I saw a dude running past my truck, jumping on the truck in front of me with a metal-ass arm, i called that in. They are waiting for it. They are expecting it. I, I guess so, because Bucky opens up that that truck, and inside is, what's the name, Carly Margento? I was going to call her. She's the leader of the Flag Smashers. And I knew she was going to kick the holy shit out of Barnes as soon as I saw that smile. Oh, yeah. Well, even before that, like, I was like, he was very confident that he found the hostage. Mm-hmm. And she hit that Uno reverse on his ass and kicked him out of the goddamn truck into the other truck. And we were off to the races. And we, yeah. 
our second big fight scene is in as in many episodes. And let's be honest, Bucky and the Sam were getting their asses whooped. Yeah. And even poor Red Red Ring caught it because Kylie jumped up. Is that the end of him or is he will he be? We might have to do a RIP and memoriam for poor Red Ring <laughs> because Carly jumps up, grabs that drone, and gives it a tiger knee and cracks it in half. Mm-hmm. And the happiest person in the world right then and there is, is Bucky. <laughs> like, I've been waiting to break that thing for so long. So our heroes are getting their asses whooped and getting their asses whooped ridiculously when they get saved by Captain Marvel and his uh, Captain America and his new best friend, his new black friend, uh, Lamar Hoskins, a.k.a. Battlestar. I got, I know that's comic book accurate, but that's a horrible name. Yeah, it's awful. It's an awful name. You also can't call him Bucky because Google the race, racial undertones of Bucky and black people. You want to know? I'm not going to hold your hands through all this. So, and also speaking of Battlestar, like you're going against how many people were on top of those two trailers? Four, five super soldiers? Uh, at least five. Okay. So let's go through, let's see what our good guys have. There's Bucky, who, as we said, is enhanced and has that, that arm. There's Sam, who's been trained under, um, Captain America, the real Captain America and has his wings. There's, uh, John Walker, who even though he doesn't have the super soldier serum, he's still like at the peak of human condition and has the shield. Mm-hmm. And then there's Battlestar who has who has who has <laughs> Roman Reigns' chest plate. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Like, bro, you are so outclassed. Yeah. It's like the joke people make about, about Thanos talking about, oh, what's uh, uh, Black Widow or Hawkeye going to do? Just shoot him? That's the same class uh, difference that we're having in this battle right here. So, Bucky yeah, gets I mean, this, this team oh, is severely outmanned or outmatched. Yeah. <laughs> You can't take on these super soldiers when it's just been, you got one enhanced guy, two peak human conditioned uh, guys in both Sam and Walker, and then the black guy, well, the other black guy. So our heroes lose decisively. Although I can say one thing, John is really good with that shield. Yeah, I mean, he's He's a marksman with it, essentially. Yeah. And the pistol. Yeah. Like, I know Captain America had the pistol in the first Avengers movie, but to see, you know, a Cap having that tool with them in 2021, it's just, for me, it's just a little unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's like Batman carrying one. Mm -hmm. So... 
after our heroes get knocked out and knocked off the two trailers, Bucky and Sam are walking along a road, and here pulls up great value Captain America and Battlestar to give them a ride to the airport, and Bucky is not having it at all with this man. Hey, does he always stare like that? You'll get used to it. <laughs> Bucky wants to knock the knock the hell out of that man and just take that shield and just be just hell with the consequences. Like, ooh, I can't believe you took my boy's shield. I can't believe you, Sam, gave it up to him. And who the fuck is Battlestar? Get me out of this <laughs> goddamn. Once he heard his name, that was yeah, was he was like, Battle, get me out of here. No, no. Give me let's go. I'm done. He had enough. And I can understand where Walker is coming from. He does want to work with Sam and Bucky because, you know, they're Avengers. But the way he asked, like, you were Cap's wingman. I was wondering why can't, how come you can't be my wingman? And and like Sam says, it's always that last thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you were, you graduated West Point, you're top of your class. They sent your body metrics off to MIT because you were so, you know, um, above human. But you're still a rookie at this shit. And, and it showed. I mean, it showed in the way they handled that whole situation. We're still Avengers. We've saved the world multiple times. Hell, both of us were on the run from the government still pulling off Avenger ops for two years in between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. It was like, we've been doing this stuff for a long time and for you to just come in and say, hey, you guys could be my wingman. It's like, it's just disrespectful. And you know, John just doesn't see that. Yeah, I mean, who's this who's this rookie coming off the sidelines and trying to take over? Yeah, this kid hasn't never given any orders he hasn't he hasn't had to deal with the stuff that we had to deal with and he's walking around with captain america's shield that's like for both of them both sam bucky they they know in their hearts that he does not deserve that shield but he has it and there's nothing they can do about it Sorry, I just lost in the drink. I'm doing a lot of talking. So after this, Barnes tells Sam that there's someone that they need to see because they're out of leads. So they travel to Baltimore, a nice part of Baltimore. And well, this is a part of the MCU that I thought they they never do but they travel to baltimore and they walk up to this, this this plain house and bucky knocks on the door and this kid comes door and say um 
and Bucky has to talk to Isaiah, and I mean, the kids say, "Hey, it ain't no Isaiah that here. No one by here. There's no one here by that name. You need to go. You see me closing the door." And Bucky says, "Tell him, tell him that the dude he tangled with in um, Korea wants is here and wants to speak with him." So the kids like, "All right, let's him in," and we are introduced to one Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this guy. So, let's talk. Um, let's take a break right here. We'll talk about Isaiah Bradley's and his place in the Marvel comic books. So, while Captain America was the first super soldier created, he was never the last. Both America and Nazi Germany slash Hydra continued the super soldier program the only problem is because the uh, scientist that created captain america didn't write down the full formula he always kept part of it inside his head just in case um, something happened to him which did he was murdered no one has the correct formula so what happens in the comic books is um, different agencies like United States government, Hydra, AIM, they make these d- different um, serums and basically they use people as test rats, lab rats. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And going with the Isaiah Bradley, he was part of the, the segregated troops back in 1942 during World War II, and him and his platoon were given these knockoff super soldier serums, and basically he was the only one to survive. Everyone else either died because of serum or the United States government killed him. And since he was the only one who survived, In the comics, he basically stole Captain America's costume, went behind Germany uh, Nazi lines to save people. And just like any other time back in the um, back in America's uh, past, they were not happy about black people doing extraordinary things. <laughs> right. Yeah. So his legacy was always hush tush. It was it was, you know, papered over and no one knew about the black Captain America. And after the war was over, he was in prison for about, I think it's 15, 20 years while the American government did experiments on him. They actually turned him sterile and were, you know, harvesting his blood and his semen trying to basically make a better super soldier serum because while the, the serum gave him everything that it gave uh, Steve Rogers, gave him the strength, the endurance, the um, anti-aging, it did all that. A side effect of the drug was it, it deteriorate, deteriorated his mind. Mm-hmm. So in the comic books, by the time Captain America finds him, it's like 
early 2000s. I think the story actually came out like 2004, if I remember correctly. But by the time Captain America learns about uh, Isaiah Bradley, he goes to find him. He basically has the uh, the uh, mental capability of a child. Wow. So yeah, so this one not so much. This one not so much because it seemed like this one they they gave him the serum around you know what i'm not sure because i'm really gonna say they they ejected him with the serum sometime around the korean war mm-hmm. but he looks he doesn't look maybe vietnam yeah i'm sorry no korean war yeah korean war because he doesn't look insanely old but he looks old enough to maybe maybe it was vietnam nah this was i'm on wikipedia right now it says korean war so oh, okay. fit, he got in the 50s so because originally i thought it was the um like you said the uh not which war War. I don't know. I thought it was a later war, but yeah, the Korean War. So he would have been, and yeah, he he probably was um, injected like after Cap died, or was missing in action rather. Mm-hmm. And just like in the comic books, no one knew. But going back to the show, he he's talking to Bucky. He's like. You kept killing. You kept just kept killing. But they kept sending our guys over and over to that damn peninsula. And you just kept killing them, and they sent my ass over there, and I took half your damn arm. And and what did it get? What did it get me? Hmm? What did it get me? I got locked up for thirty years. They did all kinds of experiments on me. The U.S. people, your people. And he grabs this little. I don't know what it was like a lunchbox and throws it and like and like gets half of it stuck in the wood and that's when Sam realized this dude isn't just normal you know soldier this guy is enhanced and yeah it was a a very uh very powerful scene a very emotional scene that it's like Like, uh, that would be an interesting backstory or like, uh, maybe like a flashback episode. I just don't know how you do that. Well, I I understand that Marvel Disney want to get into race relations. That's a big part of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I don't know how how deep into that they want to reach because if you want to go show flashbacks of what happened to Bradley I mean I know we get uh, the characters on this uh, Disney Plus show saying shit and damn and cursing once in a while but I don't think they, they're ready for those M-bombs on Disney Plus uh, yeah. if we're going back to the 50s the 40s and 50s man I don't think we mm-hmm. go that far back <laughs> Well, they could they could uh, find a way to work around it. Mm. Like if someone's about to drop it, you hear like a 
a low flying plane, you know. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna give us light racism. They're gonna give us some half and half racism. <laughs> or you know, if it's a it's across it's across the road and he's yelling at he's getting okay. yelled at and, and an eighteen wheeler drives by and honks while he's <laughs> you're get, we're getting some two percent racism. Nah, man, we gonna match. I want my full milk racism, hundred percent. I want I want to end these people's face because I've seen too many too many people don't un, like what's the best way I put it? you know how in school whenever you're doing you're learning something and the teacher will take all damn day and you're like why are we doing this all day I understand after the first 15 minutes mm-hmm. that's what it's like with this racism shit man it's like yeah I understand what it's like you understand it's like most black people do but there are some white people you gotta hammer into their head and make it as blatantly obvious as possible yeah and we're seeing him in the show because the next scene after both Sam and Bucky leave Isaiah's house, Sam is irate. He's like, why didn't anyone know? Why didn't anyone tell me there were there was a black super soldier? And Bucky explains because I didn't want to tell him. I didn't want him to go through anything more than what he's already been through. And the question comes up, did Steve know? And uh, Bucky tells Trev, no. Steve never knew. And I 100% believe that because Steve knew he would definitely move heaven and earth to get things right for that man. Mm-hmm. And another thing, because I was just thinking about this. How lucky were we? That's the best way I would put this. You know, for two guys that were born in the 1920s, both Steve and Bucky are crazy progressive. Yeah. Because you think of all the stuff that was going to segregation and shit like that when both of them got frozen. Then they wake up and Steve's like, oh, you mean we're not calling them coons anymore? All right. <laughs> he just rode with them. You, you mean we all yeah, get but when the you same- fight alongside. <laughs> we we get we all get in the same train in the same cab? All right. <laughs> when you fight along Captain America for so long and you know him before he's Captain America, like he obviously is in favor of justice for all. So it clearly rubbed off on him. Yeah, like that first scene after um, at the end of uh, the first Avenger when um, Nick Fury comes talk to him and shock him like, ah, you, you, you're here to pick up my bags, homeboy. <laughs> there were some progressive ass white men for the 1920s but anyway going back to this so both Sam and Bucky they're arguing about Isaiah's place in history when the Baltimore police show up and start accosting Sam asking for his ID uh, assuming that he's being hostile towards Bucky when in fact out of the two of them Bucky would be the most likely to fuck that the entire police department up. And like I know in here in the real world, even you know, rich and famous black people deal with racism. We saw that was it last year? No, two years ago when 
somebody spray paint the N word on LeBron James's uh, Californian home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, rich and powerful black people here in the real world do erase them. But how the fuck do you not know who the Falcon is? How do you not know all the Avengers? <laughs> like this isn't like a sports entertainer or something like that. This is a guy who helped save, uh, like I said, uh, last podcast, save the whole friggin' universe. Like, how? <sighs> but anyway, they get that all settled. And, but the police have to arrest Bucky because of the warrant out for his arrest. Not for any of the stuff that he did as the Winter Soldier, but because he missed his court uh, therapy appointment. So both Sam and Bucky end up in the court at the um, the police along with what's the doctor's name? Oh yeah, I forgot the therapist's name. Yeah. Dr. Rayner. Mm-hmm. And, and Bucky is released. And guess who's there to, to help? <laughs> oh, oh, Cap. Oh, Blockhead himself, John Walker. <sighs> so before Walker can ask them yet again for, for their help, uh, Dr. Rayner asked both Bucky and Sam to come into one of the holding cells so they can have a, a, basically a therapy session. And that, in that session, once again, Bucky asked why Sam gave up the shield. And we get to the crux of Bucky's problem. For Bucky, Steve Rogers was basically the perfect human conscious. Whatever he said was the was the right thing, and and you knew it. And for for Bucky, if Steve gave Sam the shield and Sam denied it, then does that mean Steve was wrong about Sam? And if Steve was wrong about Sam, does that mean Steve was also wrong about Bucky and his ability to be re- redeemed? Mm-hmm. And and we talked about this last episode. Can Bucky be redeemed if there's no way to make up for his sins? And he's dealing with that right now because he's still looking for redemption for the things he did as a Winter Soldier, even though he... He was brainwashed and manipulated into doing things. He still remembers every person he killed. So for him, if Steve's wrong about you, Sam, does that mean he's wrong about me? And if he's wrong about me, then does that mean I can never move on and become a better person? Which is why therapy is very, very, very important. But moving on, uh, Sam doesn't have time for this. 
he heads out. Bucky follows him out later. And they have another conversation with um, fake Captain America and Battlestar, where they once again refuse to work with them. And of course, John is on his bullshit about if you're not with me, you're against me, stay the hell out of my way. Which now it's starting to kind of unravel, like his. Like I told you, that, tested. that fake community shit only lasts for so long. And it didn't last very yeah. long. And so as we get to end the show, without any other leads to follow, Barnes basically suggests to Sam that there's only one man that they can talk to right now because he knows all the Hydra secrets. Oh, yeah. And that's Helmet Zero. Now it's really picking up. Mm-hmm. Oh, one scene I forgot to talk about. Can I guess? Uh, yeah, go ahead and guess. Is it in the warehouse? No, but what scene was okay. that? Go ahead. Uh, I was Yeah, I wanted to bring it up earlier. When, um, uh, when Sam called Bucky, uh, he goes, he spent a little bit of time in... Uh, in Wakanda. in Wakanda, and all of a sudden you're White Panther. <laughs> he said, "No, actually, it was White Wolf." So is that leading? Like, are we going to see something about that? My only guess, would, my only thing would be like, maybe he changes his call sign from uh, uh, the Winter Soldier to White Wolf, but that's like it's such an outside chance of that happening. I mean, we've had the Winter Soldier for going back to the second Cap movie, so I'm not probably just going to say the same. But no, the scene I was talking about that I forgot is basically what happens to um, Carly and the rest of the Flag Smashers once they get away. Yep. So they're able to escape. They find solitude. and Sympathizers? Yeah, sympathizers. And it just shows that one country's terror terrorists or another country's freedom fighters. Mm-hmm. Because the only reason they're they're doing this is to get uh, medicine and vaccines from the um, oh, what's the oh, Walker said it. I don't remember the the uh, government group that's helping all the people re- repatriate. Is it the GRA? I missed it as well. Because once again, they they think everything's better pre-blip. More people just were instead of being, you know, the people who were in power before the snap have now come back into power, and everything is just as trash as as it was before. Mm -hmm. That's their reasoning. And as they're inside. Uh, one of the sympathizers' house, Carly gets a text message that says, I, I know you stole this from me. I know what you did, and you're going to pay. And, and it, uh, it shook her. Yeah, it shook her. So later on, we see her and her group, they're loading up supplies onto uh, this, this little airplane. When one of them comes and says, hey, the power broker found us. They're on their way. And it's like, basically... They have no time. They have to go eat. They have to go as soon as possible 
and even then they might get caught and then that's when one of her her um fellow patriots decides to stay behind and basically sacrifice themselves so the rest of the group could get away and yeah. when he makes that decision you can see like the rest of the group is torn because they're heartbroken because they know that he's going to die but they also know that the cause is greater than any of their lives yeah i mean he was he was willing willing to give up and uh but it's like in any war you have to just have to keep marching on so he knocks down that telephone pole um say we'll stop the convoy convoy of cars they hop out with every gun imaginable and just light his ass up and you know this that knockoff super soldier serum it may make you super strong and it, you know and you can leap tall you can leap moderately sized buildings and everything but it ain't making you bulletproof mm-hmm. so yeah so her group is on the run from the power broker probably because in marvel comics a power broker is someone who basically he gives you abilities in return for payments or favors and what we're i think what's going on is they they stole the serum from the power broker and he's on their ass right now he's not to be trifled with yeah so they're they're in a, a they're in a dilemma. They're trying to help people by stealing supplies for the people who need it while also staying one step ahead of a person or it might be a group that seems like they have unlimited resources to track them down. Mm-hmm. Well, there always is. Yeah. <laughs> there always is that yeah, blank yeah. checkbook group. <laughs> Always, always. And so that we reached the end of the episode. We're, sh- we're shown uh, Zemo in a prison. And uh, you know he's getting out, of course. Of course. Of course. And uh, that's Maybe not in episode three, but soon. Uh, I would say episode three. We only got six of these. Okay, so maybe episode three. <laughs> yeah, so we finished two episodes. We still haven't seen Sher- Sharon Carter. And we're just now getting the Zemo. Mm-hmm. And so, how are you feeling about the show? I like it so far. You know, I, plenty of action. Um, some uh, plenty of action. Um, I'm liking that they are kind of uh, the. Because honestly, I, I didn't think they were going to go this deep into this new Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was more of just a quick introduction, the shock. Like, I didn't realize he was going to be full steam ahead, you know, beginning episode two. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. You know, it, it gives a lot of, it just adds another conflict, you know, the conflict within, mm-hmm. within the uh, group of superheroes. Yeah, it also makes him feel more like a, a real person. So when that inevitable turn comes, and it's going to come, because mm-hmm. uh, what I think is that, oh, God. I, all right. It's a theory. It's theory time. So what I think is going to happen is they're going to 
find these guys and and put a stop to them. But maybe Battlestar either dies or he's gets um, severely injured. And so what happened is John uses the serum, but it, it, the serum also warps his mind. So not to where he's like uh. mentally challenged, but more like uh, it makes him super aggressive. Right. And and then um, both uh, Sam and Bucky have to take him down. It'd be like, um, what's it? Uh, what was the name's guy? That guy's name, uh, Jessica Jones. You remember? I honestly didn't watch it. Uh, yeah, it was, I can't remember. It was, I think. Yeah, he was in the first and second season. And he was basically playing. Um, what's that guy's name? Nuke. He's a more. He's a Captain America character. I'll, we'll go into some other day, but yeah. Basically, he's for some reason though he's gonna take the serum and it's gonna mess with him and it will not be pretty. Mm-hmm. Or he'll just turn out to be a huge dick anyway. <laughs> or or Raj say his dickishness will be on full show for everyone because you you and I both see it. And in fact, everyone who watches the show sees it. He's he's not a humble dude, he's pretending. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he He's trying not to show off right away, but mm-hmm. he, he, he wants to. He wants to. It's like he wants to run with the Captain American Captain America mantle, mm-hmm. but without the convictions of, of Captain America. Bingo. Like it's not just it's not just what you see on the outside, you know. Which obviously is very cliche, but you know it, it just it still holds true, and it's still uh, a good concept for for this show or for this character. Exactly, you want to be the leader without putting in the work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So that's it for episode two. Can't wait for next week. Episode three out. Oh, yeah. Disney has some here. Can I'm. I'm all in. Of course, yes. I'm all in with just about every Disney thing, but I'm all in with this <laughs> one. All right. Uh, got a little bit of time left. Did you see the uh, the new Suicide Squad trailer? I did. What do you think? Um, hmm. Like, I'm not familiar with all these characters, no, uh, but I said the same thing about Guards, Guardians of the Galaxy, and this one's directed by James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm confident there's a good script. Mm-hmm. Um, might be a little too much humor for my liking. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, or I'm going to at least give it a shot. Um, I didn't watch the first Suicide Squad because I just did not like the way Jared Leto looked. Oh, you were not missing anything. Let me tell you. And so I was just like, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on this one. That might um, be the worst DCEU movie. It's either that or Batman vs Superman. I go back and forth all the time. <laughs> that was a terrible movie. But um, you know, I, I have enough. James Gunn has. Um, I feel like he's built up enough uh, goodwill and trust in, in the fan base um, of not just Marvel or DC, but in comic book fans uh, in general. 
So like, like I feel like he is the perfect guy to bounce back and forth between genre, uh, not genres, uh, franchise, uh, uh, comic book companies. Excuse me. I don't. I can't see anybody else filming a Marvel and a DC movie other than James Gunn. So I was reading up on um, on James Gunn, and the funny thing was, like, he got the job as director for the Suicide Squad, and then, like, the next day or so, Disney invited him back to to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> and so he had to tell them that he was going to be working for DC, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh man, I don't know how I don't know how they're gonna react. And so he goes and he tells uh Kevin Feige, and Feige's first response was, Is it Superman? <laughs> like it wasn't like they were mad anything, it was like, okay, who who'd you get? Right. Well, yeah. But yeah, when I saw that trailer, um man, man I enjoyed the, the hell out of that trailer. I'm all in and uh, good cast, great um, cast. Margot Robbie. You know, you, we I say this all the time about DC. Their casting, their, their casting direction, their casting choices, a hundred percent on mm-hmm. every role except for the Joker. But besides that, right. <laughs> always on. Yeah, I mean, Margot Robbie uh, looks like she's gonna kill it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything Idris Elba's in, uh, I'm I'm down for. Yes. Uh, the um. The invisible John Cena, you know, can't go wrong with that. Hold on, let me say something. John Cena is never coming back to put anyone over in the WWE. For who? For what? That's a wrap. Yeah. Might as well put him in the Hall of Fame next year. It, it reminds me of um when I saw Roman Reigns and Hobbs and Shaw. Like, even though he was a background character, mm-hmm. you notice him at all times. Like, it's right. just not, it's not just because he's a wrestler. It's because he's got that charisma, that body type, everything. John Cena, same way. When he's in the movie, your eyes are drawn to him. It don't matter if he's a leading man, he's a background character, whatever. Mm-hmm. He, what, from Scrubs, I don't know what it is, but he's got it. That's, John <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he's. And he's, I mean, he's following the playbook to a T. I mean, he, his name keeps creeping up higher and higher on that call sheet, on that uh, casting list. I mean, he's third build, third build. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, he's never coming back. I mean, just two more names and, you know, he's, he's the man. That's how, that's crazy. He has to overcome two more names and then. (laughs) That's it. Uh, Sayonara, WWE. So, we're coming back, man. So, another sidebar. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking about John Cena and talking about wrestling, yeah. real quick. Do you think Orton should be the one to break the record then? What's Orton at right now? 14. So, would he have to get, what, three more? Three more. He's full time. He's still a. He's still you know near the top of the card. 
and uh, he's only 40 and he doesn't look like he's slowing down any. And his skill set, you know, it doesn't require him to slow down or it's not like, it's not a huge drop off. Mm-hmm. Like as he ages, I mean, he's not a, he's not a high flyer. He's not a, a giant who breaks down. Sure. He's got some bad shoulders, but by all accounts, it looks like he's gotten through that. So, and you know, cause I've seen, you know, people pose that question. Should he be the one to, to break the record? And he's got more history with Ric Flair than John Cena, at least. Randy Orton's greatest talent is that he still looks like what he looked like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a possibility. I mean, the, the real answer to who's going to break uh, Ric Flair's uh, record is Charlotte. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's... And that's fine. You know what? I don't mind that either. I guess if anybody is going to break it, it should be. Okay, let me see how many Isn't it weird, it. though, that even as great as she is, she's still... She is still just like every junior or... Uh, with the exception of Ken Griffey Jr., the just another offspring of the, you know, of the, the parent. Like Michael Jordan's kids don't play basketball or they're not Michael Jordan. And they mm-hmm. never reached that level or came close to reaching that level. Shaquille O'Neal's kids probably won't reach that level. Um, yeah, it's With the exception rare. of Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare that you get father, son, father daughter father daughter daughter son it's very rare that you get both of them being exceptional athletes like even king griffey jr and his dad his dad was a good baseball player but king griffey jr is a hall of famer right so maybe king griffey jr and randy orton because his father was uh i guess king griffey jr randy orton and the rock i keep my mind keeps clearing up (laughs) but yeah i think those are the only three that have surpassed the um, the accolades, the um, notoriety of their of their parents. And as great as Charlotte Flair is, you know, you know there's Char- just no Ric Flair. There's no other Ric Flair ever. You know, Charlotte already has ten championship reigns. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about someone's young. She's only thirty four. Mm-hmm. I and mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of... If the, they the, really... She, she could hit it before she hits 40. Mm-hmm. It would not... It wouldn't be that hard to do. Well, that's if she doesn't decide to leave as well. Well, that's that's the other problem. It's like, you have so many other things drawing your time and money away from WWE. Like, she could go into movies. She can go the Hollywood route. Mm-hmm. And well, honestly, the other another woman that I would name, uh, Sasha Banks, she definitely looks like she's going the same way. Like, yeah, and she's younger; she's not even thirty. Really? I don't think so. I thought she I think was she's twenty-eight. 
Oh, she's 29. You're right. She's 30. Yeah. Sasha Banks for 30 next year. Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If Sasha Banks and Roman Reigns are still wrestling full time in 2022, things have gone terribly wrong. Or 2023, sorry. Yeah, you have to push it back a year because yeah. of last year. Yeah, I think they're both gone, gone in two years. Hollywood's calling for both of them. <laughs> Reigns didn't get those new teeth to get him knocked down his throat, man. <laughs> but um, this has been um the hot tag <laughs> segment. Of- yeah, usually we do these small things in front, and then we get to the main <laughs> event, which is what I'm gonna start doing every time we do the podcast. We're gonna do our little things in front, and then I'm be like, okay, it's time for the main event. Mm-hmm. Yes, we still keeping that wrestling uh, culture in the podcast. Okay, uh, so next podcast either um, can you record Tuesday? Uh, no, I can't. Boo! Uh, We gotta get this baseball thing out. The baseball starts this week. I believe the season starts on Wednesday. I thought. Thursday. Oh, it starts April first. Oh, okay. I believe right. April opening day is April first. All right, so let's knock something out on Wednesday then. Sounds good to me. Yeah, because I'm all I work Monday, Tuesday, and I'm off for the rest of the week. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, April first. Yeah. All right, so we'll do. Yeah, because Wednesday is my birthday, so I'm taking the rest of the week off. There, bums are actually lucky. I'm working Monday and Tuesday. No, I was working. <laughs> All right, man. So, Wednesday, we'll do pocket. You want to do two, or you just want to do one big one for both for the leagues? Oh, that's a good question. We might have to split. We might need to split it. All right. Well, I'm going to go here and start working on that. So, we'll do because we might just do both on Wednesday night and then just put them out Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be back recording on Wednesday. We'll have another podcast yeah, Thursday. At the latest, it'll be out on Friday. Getting back in baseball. Good to see. And Ooh, um, Can't wait. Man. Yeah, me too. And we'll the full season able, of baseball. Yeah, we'll actually be able to go to games. Yes. That'll be, that'll be cool. That'll be fun. Yeah, can't wait. All right, man. Anything else you want to say? Thanks as always for tuning in. We appreciate all the love. Yeah, thanks. Oh, I forgot to do my business stuff. Uh, catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, and on Spotify. Anywhere else, podcasts getting away for exactly free ninety nine. Anthony, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we'll be back later this week. Until then. Later, baby.